Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engineering Student Experience Podcast. I'm Paul Nissenson from the Mechanical Engineering Department at Cal Poly Pomona. Well, first of all, happy 2023, everyone. I'm recording this episode in January of 2023, and, you know, I wanted to get an episode to you last month, but, well, it was a very busy fall semester for me. My department has been preparing for a very important event in the life of an engineering program, and that event is a visit from our accreditation agency, which is called ABET. I've been taking the lead role in my department to make sure that we're ready for the visit, which will happen sometime in the fall of this year, and it's taken up so much of my time that I had to put a few podcast ideas on the back burner for a while. Hopefully, I can follow through with those ideas sometime next semester. So while ABET-related tasks are on my mind, I wanted to create this short episode on what ABET is all about and why it's an important factor when looking for an engineering program. Now, I'm going to go and make a bold prediction that this episode probably will be among the least listened to episodes of this podcast. But if you stick with me until the end of this episode, you'll get a lot of insight into what goes on behind the scenes to keep an engineering program going. And before I begin, uh, I would like to thank Yasser Salem, who is a professor in the civil engineering department here at Cal Poly Pomona. He has worked with ABET for many years. He's very knowledgeable about ABET, and he was kind enough to review my notes for this episode to make sure that they're accurate. And now, let's talk a little bit about ABET. I hope you enjoy the episode. So, what is ABET? Well, ABET is an agency which many engineering students are completely unaware of, even though that agency has an enormous impact on an engineering program's reputation. In general, engineering programs that are accredited by ABET are much more highly regarded than programs that are not accredited by ABET. And it's not just about reputation. Uh, Engineers who do not receive a degree from an ABET-accredited university will have a more difficult time getting professionally licensed, which might matter a lot for some engineering fields like civil engineering. Engineering students usually don't need to know anything about ABET, but they should be aware if their program is accredited by ABET. Usually you can check whether an engineering program is accredited by looking at the university catalog or the engineering department's website. It's something that engineering programs want to promote, And my department's website has an entire section discussing how we are accredited by ABET. Since students don't need to know a lot about ABET, I'll be skipping over some details in this episode. But it should be more than enough to give you a good idea of what the accreditation process is like and what it really means for students. ABET is the accreditation body for engineering programs. The acronym stands for Accreditation Board for Engineering and Technology, but they also accredit computer science and natural science programs too. ABET is a nonprofit, non governmental agency that helps ensure a program meets certain quality standards of the profession that the program is trying to prepare students to enter. In other words, ABET helps ensure students will receive an education that prepares them for a successful career in a particular field. Now, ABET accredits programs, not departments or universities. So, for example, my own 
mechanical engineering department at Cal Poly Pomona oversees the mechanical engineering program. ABET will evaluate our program and, if all goes well, we will be reaccredited for six years, at which time the program will need to be evaluated again. Some departments have multiple programs that need to be accredited. For example, at Cal Poly Pomona, we have an industrial and manufacturing department that oversees two programs, the industrial engineering program and the manufacturing engineering program. ABET accreditation technically is voluntary, but a program that is not accredited usually means students may not be as well prepared to work in a particular field compared to students from programs that are accredited. And as I mentioned earlier, students from non-accredited programs will have a more difficult time getting professionally licensed. Out here in California, having a degree from an accredited program will greatly reduce the number of years of experience required to get professionally licensed. According to ABET's website, at the time I'm recording this episode, over 4,500 programs at almost 900 colleges and universities in 40 countries have received ABET accreditation. And over 175,000 students graduate from ABET-accredited programs each year. So what does a program have to do to be accredited by ABET? Well, I'll be sharing my experiences of what it's been like for my department, which would give you a pretty good idea of what a typical engineering program goes through. ABET accreditation operates on a six-year cycle. My mechanical engineering program last received accreditation during the 2017 to 2018 academic year, and we will be up for accreditation again during the 2023 to 2024 academic year. For mechanical engineering programs, there are eight main criteria that a program is evaluated on. Criterion one deals with students. A program must have processes for faculty to evaluate student performance in all the courses. Students must receive sufficient advising in curriculum and career matters. There must be processes for accepting freshman students and transfer students and so on. Criterion two deals with program educational objectives, which are broad statements that describe what graduates are expected to attain within a few years after graduation. The program educational objectives of a program must be consistent with the mission of the university and are developed with input from the program stakeholders, such as industry representatives, faculty, and others. So as an example, my program has five program educational objectives, and the first one is to, quote, provide a solid background in mathematics and science coupled with an applications-oriented polytechnic approach in the presentation of engineering course material, which may be synthesized over the first few years of one's engineering career, end quote. And if you're interested in the other four program educational objectives, you can find them on my department website, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So program educational objectives deal with what graduates are expected to attain within a few years after graduation. Well, criterion three deals with student outcomes. And these are statements describing what students are expected to know and be able to do at the time of graduation. If a student attains the program's student outcomes, they should be well prepared to become a practicing engineer. 
Now, ABET mandates that we have to have a set of seven student outcomes, but programs may add additional student outcomes if they want to. One of the student outcomes that is mandated by ABET is that students will develop, quote, an ability to identify, formulate, and solve complex engineering problems by applying principles of engineering, science, and mathematics, end quote. Other student outcomes involve engineering design, communication, ethics, teamwork, data analysis, and lifelong learning. Criterion 4 deals with continuous improvement. I'll discuss Criterion 4 in much greater detail later, but for now, I'll simply say that during the six-year cycle, a program must periodically evaluate whether its student outcomes are being attained through various assessment tools like surveys and standardized exams. The data from the assessment tools are used to identify ways to improve the program. Criterion 5 deals with a program's curriculum. ABET does not necessarily require a program to offer specific courses, but it does require a minimum number of units in some broad subject areas. For example, my program must contain at least 30 semester units in the area of college-level mathematics and basic sciences, such as physics and chemistry. It also must contain at least 45 semester units of engineering topics, as well as a general education component that complements the technical content of the program and a culminating engineering design experience. Now, although ABET does give programs some leeway in the courses they can offer, there are expectations that certain courses should be offered. As an example, if my mechanical engineering program did not offer at least one course in fluid mechanics, it would look pretty odd and well, we may risk not being reaccredited. In that case, we'd have to make sure that we have a large amount of fluid mechanics topics spread throughout the rest of the curriculum. Criterion six deals with faculty. A program must have sufficient faculty to cover all areas of the program. If we only had one faculty member who could teach a course in fluid mechanics and thermodynamics, but had 10 faculty members who could teach a course in let's say stress analysis, that would be a pretty unbalanced situation. The program also must have enough faculty members to ensure there are adequate opportunities for interactions between students and faculty, such as academic advising. Faculty members must demonstrate they have the appropriate qualifications to teach and help the program improve over time. They also must be actively engaged in their field of expertise through conducting research, attending conferences, engaging with industry partners, participating in professional societies, and so on. Criterion 7 deals with facilities. A program must have adequate classrooms, offices, laboratories, and equipment to support the attainment of the student outcomes and to provide an atmosphere that is conducive to learning. Students must have access to computer resources and other modern tools and be provided some guidance in using those resources. All of the resources must be maintained and upgraded periodically, and library services and computing facilities must be sufficient to support the scholarly and professional activities of both faculty and students. And finally, the last criterion, Criterion 8, deals with institutional support. 
The university must provide enough support to the program so it can create an environment where student outcomes can be attained. Support consists of university services, funding, providing administrative staff, providing technical staff. The resources that are provided by the university to the program also must be sufficient to attract and retain faculty members and ensure faculty can participate in professional development. Additionally, the resources must be sufficient to maintain and upgrade facilities, the IT infrastructure of the university, and well, various pieces of equipment. Now, earlier, I mentioned that I would discuss Criterion 4 in greater detail. Criterion 4 is all about continuous improvement, which ABET really, really cares about. No engineering program is perfect. And ABET wants to ensure that every program has a process in place to identify a potential issue, then attempt to correct the issue with some intervention, and finally check if the issue is resolved after the intervention takes place. We often call this process closing the loop. Programs are given a lot of flexibility in how to implement continuous improvement activities. And here's how we do things in my mechanical engineering department. So my department obtains feedback constantly during the six-year ABET cycle from all our stakeholders, which include students, alumni, faculty, employers, and industry representatives. We have 10 assessment tools that we use to gather information routinely, including surveys given to each stakeholder group, results from the FE exam, evaluation of written reports and oral presentations from students, and other items. Our faculty also work with practicing engineers to review our student outcomes, program educational objectives, and mission statement at least once per six-year cycle. In our department, we have a committee, which we call the assessment committee, that's made up of faculty members who are primarily responsible for conducting these continuous improvement activities. They review the assessment data in a timely manner, they look for trends and identify potential problems, and they figure out ways to address those problems. Here's one example of how my department engaged in continuous improvement during our current ABET cycle. So every six months, we get data on how Cal Poly Pomona mechanical engineering students performed on the FE exam. The FE exam is just a standardized exam that is often the first step in the process of becoming professionally licensed. For mechanical engineers, the FE exam consists of 14 subject areas. And in recent years, our students have consistently performed at least as well as the national average or better in all subject areas, except for one. For some reason, our students consistently performed at or below the national average in the ethics and professional practice subject area. So our assessment committee, which periodically checks the FE exam data, noticed this persistent issue and they started to discuss whether action was warranted. I'm on the committee and we asked ourselves, is there any reason to think that our students should do worse than the national average in the area of ethics and professional practice? Well, we didn't think our students are more unethical than the national average, and we didn't think that our students were not exposed to enough topics related to ethics and professional practice in the curriculum. In fact, our students take an entire course in engineering ethics. So what's going on? So after a lot of discussion among the assessment committee members, 
we couldn't find an obvious reason why our students are performing relatively poorly in that one subject area. But we did come up with one possible reason. Our students often take the engineering ethics course well before they take the FE exam, and they may have forgotten a significant amount of content by the time they take the exam. So we came up with a plan. We informed the department that teaches the engineering ethics course about the issue, and they were able to create a large set of materials that were designed to help our students prepare just for the ethics and professional practice subject area of the FE exam. Now every semester, we remind our mechanical engineering students about these resources. At the moment, we're still gathering data to check if this intervention has fixed the issue. If our students continue to consistently perform below the national average over the next couple years, well, we may need to revisit this issue again and come up with a new intervention. As the six-year cycle progresses, all of our department's activities are documented and they're eventually written into what's called a self-study report. The self-study report is a large document, often a couple hundred pages in length, that summarizes how an engineering program meets all eight criteria discussed earlier. One of the biggest and most important sections of the report is dedicated to describing the program's continuous improvement activities during the cycle. In addition to the self-study report, the department creates course notebooks, which are a collection of student work and teaching materials for each course in the program. In my program, we have about three dozen courses, and since each course has its own course notebook, this amounts to collecting and organizing many hundreds of documents. It's, it's a lot of work. The end of the six-year cycle culminates with a program evaluator from ABET reviewing the self-study report, course notebooks, student transcripts, the university catalog, and the department website. The program evaluator also comes to the campus to check out the facilities and talk with students, faculty, and administrators. After the visit, the program evaluator will inform the department about whether they believe there are any shortcomings in the program. If shortcomings are identified, the department has an opportunity to respond to ABET, to defend itself and explain why a shortcoming doesn't exist or to present a plan for improving the shortcoming during the next six-year cycle. There may be some back and forth communications between the engineering program and ABET, and all of this can take several months. At the end of the evaluation, if all goes well, ABET will grant a program another six years of accreditation. If there are some severe shortcomings, though, ABET may grant only a three-year extension or perhaps even revoke accreditation. As you might imagine, it takes a lot of coordination to prepare for a visit from ABET, and often one person is put in charge for a program's six-year cycle. In my department, for the current cycle, that person's me. It's not a glamorous or even a desirable job, but hey, someone's got to do it. If you talk to a room full of faculty about ABET, you likely will get mixed reactions. Some faculty see the ABET accreditation process as a great opportunity to force programs to engage with stakeholders and to think about how to continually improve their programs. Other faculty see all of this as an unnecessary nuisance that is a giant drain on faculty time. 
Now that I have been heavily involved in ABET-related activities for the past several years, I've come to view ABET kind of like brushing your teeth. It isn't fun, it takes time, but it can be useful to help prevent the decay of a program. ABET sets baseline standards that all engineering programs must meet, and it forces programs to evaluate themselves constantly. Elite engineering programs don't really need ABET accreditation to demonstrate the quality of their program, but those elite programs still want to be accredited since it will give their students quicker pathways to becoming professionally licensed. For programs that are not elite, well, some of them may need to be pushed to continuously improve, and ABET provides that push. At any rate, ABET's here to stay for the foreseeable future, and we need to work to meet their standards. Well, I could go on and on about ABET, but for 99.9% .9 of you out there, this has probably been more than enough. All right, my break time is over. I need to return to working on my program's self-study report. If you're enjoying this podcast, there are a few ways to support it. You can subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. You can rate the podcast and leave comments on whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. And finally, you can help spread the word about the podcast by telling your friends and family and anyone else you think that might be interested in this podcast. If you have any comments about this episode, feel free to email me at tesepodcast at gmail.com and I'll place the email address in the show notes. I'll personally read each email and try my best to respond to them all. Goodbye for now.